is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Craig Hutchison, Damien Barrett with you in the South Bank Studios. We like time coding this show. 5pm, Monday of this particular week, episode 5, series 8. Hello, Craig Hutchison. I wouldn't have said we, I would have said you, but uh, hello, Damo. Nice to see you again. I saw you only two days ago, We Hushy. did. We had a game of golf together, which was very nice. We hadn't done that before. I don't, no. I don't think- I don't the, think you uh, want to do it again, were you, when you saw the way I played? Well, I don't think the live tour is really going to be on your radar anytime, <laughs> anytime soon. No. To be fair, but it was great to spend I got time. away a couple of drives. No, you hit the ball well off the tee with a borrowed driver. The second shot yeah. was the problem, and then the third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh. Quick, quick uh, bit of context. Uh, Damien turned up with a set of clubs that looked like they were first used by Gene Sarenson in, is that his name? The, the, the Evergreen. Uh, well, Ga- Gary described them as um, toy clubs. Yep. Yep. They were like 18th century clubs, you know? And so I don't think they had been used for at least five years or thereabouts anyway. And so. you're on the fast track towards a, a Brian Lara-like score. So uh, in two, the end, two seventy seven not out. <laughs> um, but he got you, off the tee. It was, you, you hit it well, Hutchie. It was great fun. Yeah. To, We've done a lot of things together, but never played golf together. We haven't. And and you you were uh, you hit a nice ball. And it was fantastic to spend some time, particularly with. I see quite a lot of you and and Gary, obviously, because we worked together, and and Tim Cleary, uh, well, I stay in touch with. But it, it was I mean, like family to meet him. But to spend some time with. James and Sam in particular, who we've been very close with over the journey, but it's harder to spend meaningful time. We had a, had a ball. It was great. Jim was in great form. It was. And we're only talking about this because Gary decided to make it public before we got there. Disappointing. And then yep. it's been picked up and otherwise we might have been able to um, not talk about it yeah, publicly. We, we don't have 24 hours to ourselves, but no, it did, did creep out. So um, there we go. That, you're, uh, you you organised that at short notice and yeah, thank you. It was good. It was, it was great fun and uh, a lot of laughs. So uh, good to spend some time with you. Um, heap to get through today, and there's a there's a fair bit of feedback from last week. Actually, I want to get to as well. I won't do it off the top, but we got some feedback to some items of last week, and well, there are a couple they? of follow up items that you have. I upset a couple tabled. last week. Yeah, you did upset a couple. Yeah, Mitch yeah. Massey wasn't very happy. Uh, I don't think Sam McClure was very happy, so I didn't mean to cause any. So, so do you want to go there first? Up any the end for anyone? But you you well, had. Well, the... I got. I was the, in the. I was caught in the, the crossfire there between you, you and Mitch. I, I actually yep. I caught up with Mitch during the, the course of the week as well, and. Good to see you both. You and he had calmed down since the, the test exchange after our, no, after our I, podcast I, I of last week. I, did, I didn't need to calm and down. And that was over. That was over Mitch daring to, to put together a podcast on the football. Trade working for Dylan Buckley, yeah. Working for Dylan Buckley's yep. um, company, effectively with yep. Sam McClure. And yep. you you got a bit worked up over it because I, I I think you a liked the idea and and hadn't sort of latched onto it and and, and then um, it, it took off with your criticism. I didn't mean to criticise. I just said I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's a, it was. I thought Channel Seven would have been in on that. But anyway, maybe they weren't, and maybe a course of action. So sorry if I. I've got an update on that too. Oh, I do. I actually know what the, the podcast is going to be called. What? The tradies. The tradies. <laughs> no, that, that's that is the working title. I'm glad it's and a that, working title. And that's come from um, industry sources. In fact, <laughs> in fact, it's come from an impeccable industry source. Yeah. Actually. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do today, Damo, is a couple of things. Yep. I promised a little recap on my uh, first game of commentary and the drama around it with the Bulldogs Richmond in 2001. So, so is this your first game? To my knowledge, it was, yes. Wow. And the famous, the famous Matty Knights leaving the field with yep. blood pouring yep. out of his face, which, let's face it, wasn't uncommon for an opponent 
playing the Bulldogs in those days to to be looking that your, way. Your words, not mine. It was legal at the time. So well, be, I did cover another yeah. story where another player was in Steve Lawrence who uh, had left the field in a similar condition. I'm also going to do my top five cameramen that I've worked with, um, thrown together very quickly. The camos, as they're known. <laughs> so this is a bit in. But I think in the spirit of how many media types listen to us, I'll do the top five. And you, you went down the uh, the Wall Story path last week, which I encourage yep. you to do. I've, I've sort of banned it for a little bit on this show, but the Hammerheads story got a fair bit of traction too. And you, I think it was on air, wasn't it, where you revealed a potential the, the Jeff relationship? Brown yep. Oh, well, the Jeff Brown involvement. But you didn't you reveal a... teased a, a potential relationship, yeah. Yeah. Did we get any traction with the... Subjects I've had of... a lot of emails since about it. So, yeah. Well, we'll start with the Bulldogs in Richmond, if you like. We'll get right. that out of the way now. So, it's 2001. Mm. It's round, I don't know, say round two or three or early in the season. 2001, just before the season started, it's been announced that Channel 7 have lost the TV rights, which was as big a moment in the seven business at the time as nine losing the cricket back in the day. But they had it for that particular year upcoming, Last but year. Not, not the year beyond. Yeah. They had to run the gas out on the deal year, right? So... <laughs> What's happened, they've announced it. People are jumping ship left, right, and centre. Dave Barham is like, oh, I'm off to, to do, you know, I better resign. I'm off to do Channel 10. So it's like the car on the track the with, with nothing left in the tank, but you've got to get to the line. The is that talent, what you're saying? The talent are heading for the door. I better position myself into the <laughs> 9, 10 consortium. I'm a lifer at seven at the time who intends to stay and do news. Because I always says, you know, thought the news was better placed in the opposite to the deal because he added more value. So for me, I saw it as an opportunity to hang around. Yeah. But it, but everyone else was heading to the door, and I reckon the budget cuts were on. I've never had that told to me, but I reckon what I represented was a low cost option demo. So in I thought it was just you branching out and showing a bit of uh, I've been, um, professional diversity, Hutchie, I've been and chipping going away, from the, the the newsbreaker to the caller, chipping away, trying to get an opportunity, right? Yeah. So finally, I get an opportunity. MCG calling alongside one of the great forces in Anthony Hudson, who was well established, and he already had his next gig probably lined up, but. <laughs> So it's Hutto and I at the MCG, Bulldogs and Richmond. Big couple of learning curves on this day. The first one is watch your words carefully. Okay. Now, there's a moment early in the game. Hey, just, just let me fit this in before you set this right up properly. Is this before the Death Valley comments? I think it was well after. So you're back on air. Oh, no, you, sorry. Been... Excuse me. I would... Yeah. Yeah. It's after. So you'd been suspended. 2001. You'd you been can, stood down. You Google Death Valley. Kerry Stokes had sacked you and then reinstated you. I had two weeks suspension. We don't have to go over old ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2001. And I'm a bit. I'm a little excited. I'm 26 years old. I got a chance to call the footy at the MCG, Bulldogs Richmond. And there's a there's a blue early in the game, but which became a famous fight. The 21 years on, they still talk about it. I'm a little bit... Uh, Probably wrongly excited about the action in the game because my but the first news game, reporter in you yep. went for that part of it. I would imagine. I can't remember this audio you were about to play. So I, but I imagine that's where your mind went. I lean towards describing it on what I'm seeing with my eyes as fantastic. Now, uh, now I'm going to play that for you in a second, and I set it up properly. Clearly, it's not fantastic. Clearly, it was horrific. It's okay to say fantastic, Cassie, because as the a broadcaster school, you're, in that era, you're allowed to pump. But it I up. think in my head, I'm like, this, this is a new story in my first game and it's probably good for my voice to be on it. <laughs> so I've let go by mistake the wrong description. And then the next line, it's either Hutto or Dipper corrects me because the shot of Matthew Knight's blood comes up straight away. <laughs> and then you watch me 20 seconds later back out of this. So here's the audio of the moment. They still talk about 21 years on my first game calling the footy. Congested half forward. Trouble in the middle, boys. There's a bit of a scuffle here. Oh, there is a time. And Matty's going in now. Look at this. Oh, he's got a lot in there. 
Super Torres in there. Players on the ground. Campbell, this is fantastic He's stuff. got blood all over him, Knights. Brown's gone in hard as well. He has been whacked. So the, That I'm, was you. This I'm, is fantastic. And then he's got blood all over him. The, the second I say this is fantastic, and we'll share it on our socials, the shot comes up of Knights, but I felt like the, the earth evaporate and the, open up on me. So 26 seconds later, here's the subtle back down. And Richardson furious there at the moment. Knights, look at that. That's a, a horrible scene for Richmond. And it certainly was a little bit off the football. No doubt about that. Place. So that's a, that's a mop-up of horrible 26 I don't even identify that as your voice. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to watch your words, Damo. So I've... I wrongly called it fantastic and then I had to back down and say it was horrible. What, because would, what would you call it now, Hutchie, if you were back in that commentary chair and you saw I'd that be, I'd have been much more uh, considered. The third act of this demo was yeah. the, the news follow-up. So I can't believe your voice. The, the team's uh, still punchy between them. There's The Bulldogs have led the way a little bit on the commentary during the week on how they're unfairly, whatever. Smorgan was involved. I saw David Smorgan only a week ago in a restaurant yeah. and we recounted this. But the, the next week... Um, Clinton Casey was going to go and speak to the President's Lunch and the Coteries. And being Channel 7, you were the only ones that had access to the grounds. I got wind that he was going to do all the Coteries. And so I grabbed a camera and I followed him through every lunch. And it was those lunches, all three of them, that set absolutely on fire this issue. Here's what Clint, here's the follow-up a week later. At three separate luncheons, Casey launched the extraordinary broadside at Liberatore over last Saturday's clash with Matthew Knights. Fact number one is that Matthew Knights was king hit by Tony Liberatore oh. right out there on the MCG. He called Liberatore a player with a dirty history. Two years ago, called upon his Lions players to honestly attest before the AFL tribunal to another cowardly and ugly incident involving Liberatore. Andy claims to be disgusted by a press conference on Monday where Liberatore stated his version severe was Casey's tirade that it lasted for six minutes and included an attack on the Chief Executive, President and Coach Terry Wallace. So that was the little bit of, um, I, I suppose, good fortune journalistic follow-up with the watermark on the vision and probably <laughs> was a up, good story. And to have exclusivity over, over that. Both lawyers got involved. The story yeah. burned for about, I think, a month, six yeah. weeks. Kept going. And to the point where when I saw Dave the other day, I asked him if he'd seen Clinton. And they're still to this, like they're fine now. But it was a very, um, wasn't it, explosive incident. Oh, yeah. yeah. Far from fantastic and quite an embarrassing moment to have said that in the call in the first place. Um, now, I'm going to channel the great Danny Frawley in, in, in saying what I'm about to say here. Because if he heard that audio a few years ago on Triple M, he would say this phrase, Hutchie, your pills hadn't dropped. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and a little, and probably a bit of head wobble as well. So fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, the voice wasn't quite as... No, uh, it was a little bit typist. Yeah. yeah. So that lasted, what, two years, you calling? One year at Channel 7 in 2000. So in those, again, here I am, war stories. In those 15-odd games, also got the Eston Kangaroo 69-point comeback. Oh, yeah. And one other big one. So yeah, I was a, bit, a little bit lucky, but no. And you wouldn't be surprised on that they, the other networks didn't come knocking <laughs> on, the, on the commentary since. Hey, we, we flagged this a couple of weeks ago. Didn't get to it last week when we said we would. Uh, we'll jump into it now. And, and Four Corners in in the um, interim had, has actually done a really good piece on this uh, this topic. This this Andrew Twiggy Forrest versus Kerry Stokes Stoush Hutchie. It's got layers to it, um, as often is the case. Follow the money on these stories, and there's a bit of a mining money involvement between the, the, the two gentlemen. Um, obviously, Kerry Stokes has control of a lot of media property, one being the, the West Australian in Perth, in WA, and Andrew Forrest being head of 
Fortescue, uh, Stoush, and this has been reported by the media too, but the full, um, Media Watch did last week a, a very good piece on this. The purchasing or the, the contracting of, of certain mining vehicles is at the centre of this. Uh, I believe Stokes, according to, to some of these reports, has a connection with the Caterpillar machinery. And, and, he, and, he owns and, Caterpillar, doesn't he? There's a Caterpillar. Oh, okay, yeah. There's a company that, that does have a connection with that. And then Andrew Forrest has gone down and commissioned the, the, the I suppose, the purchase of, of multi-million dollars worth of other machinery from another company. And then the reporting around certain aspects of the uh, Andrew Forrest business in a negative sense in the West Australian. Look, Oh, sorry. He owns, he owns 40% of West Track, which supplies Caterpillar. There you go. Yep. There you go. I knew there was a connection there somewhere along that, that line. But Hachi, we- Sorry, he owns all of West Track. We, we, we just... What does this mean, Damo? Well... Give it to us in layman's terms. Are there two bigger balls in the paddock than these two when it's all said and done? Not in West Australia. They are one and two. And probably in the country. Gina would be in that conversation too when it comes to the the might of of the person. Two and three, yep. Um, But when it comes to to Stouch's in media, it probably doesn't come too many bigger than this. Who wins? I think there's always room for both in the, in these things, David. But it's unusual because it is a WA at the pointy end is a bit. Everyone seems to be in it together in the West. Would be my observation. So a lot of the bigger tycoons are doing business with each other. But it, are you raising this because you think that um, Stokes has used his paper, The West Australian, to exert um, coverage or influence on this? Is that what is that the suggestion? Yeah. That yeah. Was, and, and are we going to get sued by saying that? Well, it's not your suggestion, though, is it? That was that wasn't the, that was the suggestion. Well, <laughs> In the comp- and again, actually, for, for the for the record, um, I've seen and I have written. There's an Andrew this Proben story about it. Yeah, yeah, I've I've read it in several other media. There, there's reporting. The the editor of the West Australian, and let's just table this, has defended the reporting. Andrew Desilly, I think his name is. Or so, oh, I should know the name. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't. But I have seen comments from him, and we'll table those comments uh, that he has defended the reporting, saying it's all based upon newsworthiness and and proper leads that they've got. And again, Hachi, we've all been in that situation before. You can pretty much, as a journo, justify whatever it is you, you may choose to do in that space. But I would think if uh, Andrew Forrest was to be asked, and, and he has been asked and has been critical, he would think it is linked to other things, Hachi. Yeah, well, Mr. Forrest told staff that the West Australian's coverage of Fortescue was driven by the narrow, self-seeking commercial interest of Mr. Stokes' seven group. That was the quote in the well, Andrew no, Proben story. Is anyone going to be surprised if that is indeed and, the origins of the... And FMG asserts Stokes has used his West Australian newspaper to damage the company's quote-unquote green energy mission um, and Fortescue won't be deterred, says the CEO. Um, well, I, I've, we've talked about this before. Like, like why, do, why are people so... Like, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that, but the notion of using your media or your own... For you're your big own, on this, aren't you? Well, why, why wouldn't you? Like, what if, mm. if you're in a, a stouse that... But like, they like to still present in that in that beautiful puritanic world and that idealistic uh, way we all grew up in that you know without fear or favour, Hutchie. But well, there is fear, and there well, certainly is favour. Well, I would think that three there's three factors to it, right? In these things, if you own if you own a publication and you are seen to be benefited by the coverage, there's probably three ways it happened, right? We've talked about this in the past. One, there's just a um, editorial team who think they're doing the right thing by going ahead <laughs> yeah. and doing it to curry favour with the boss, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and justified on yep. the back of it being a legitimate and, news angle and, somewhere. And I'm not saying it happened in this instance. I'm yep. just giving the example. Two, the the, the media proprietors actually said, look, it wouldn't do you any harm if you did this for us. Yeah. Or three, it's just happens to, it's just to get easier access, right? Like you do actually get, like 
they would get easier access to Stokes than they would get to the other half of the Not always. And Not then there's, there's always the perceived other side going, oh, I can't trust you because you're owned by Stokes. So sometimes it self-perpetuates. So I, you know, I have a bit of sympathy for it. I know you don't. You think everything should be... No, no, I, I know how it works. And, and I, again, Hatsi, we've said many times on, on this program that we've both been guilty of these types of issues. Absolutely, we've run our own agendas, haven't we? Just even just through personality-driven content. That's life, Yes. Yep. Yeah. Have you ever used your um, platforms? In, in, and I'm talking here not as a journalist, but as a proprietor of organisations. Well, probably. I can't think of a specific time and I have, and we don't probably play in the political side of yeah. news, so it's not really... But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to put it yeah. that way if there was a reason to. Yeah, we cover things about ourselves from time to time, which I think, if you don't cover your own stuff, why would you expect anyone else to? Mm. Cut more uh, breaking silences during the week. I see. It's it's rampant. This the break silence. <laughs> what is happening to the algorithm, Damo? It, it's a it's an absolute. It's... Gary Lyon broke his silence last week, didn't he? Gary Lyon did. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't say Gary did. Well, did. Is that when he broke the silence before we'd even gone away? Before the, the, <laughs> so, the silence, there's been silence broken everywhere. Eddie well, McGuire well, broke, broke his silence. Yep. Yeah, that was that on. I, I, we have got that somewhere. What, he on broke the, his silence on the situation oh, on the, of the Collingwood ticketing, the, the seating arrangements yep. at the MCG. Yep. And and the other one was Lydia Thorpe who protested as part of the Mardi Gras yep. parade in Sydney, and was required to be removed from part of the parade by police. And then she broke a silence the next day. Yep. Silence yeah. has been broken everywhere, don't we? Yep. So there you go. Hawthorne Footy Club, Hutchie, how are they going? Well, are you talking about the practice match? No. Or are you talking about the... I'm just talking about the footy club in general. Why do you raise that? Oh, I just, I'm just uncomfortable with how a lot of this racism situation has unfolded. And, and Have I missed something today on this? No, no, no I don't think yeah. I have. No, no, it was a story in the paper last week, and I'll get to that specific in a minute. But the, I've got no doubt there was good intent in the establishment of the of the inquiry and their own investigation in it. But the execution of it, I, I, I really do question several aspects of it. And, and particularly, and we discussed this at the time, the, yep. the lack of a, any form of a right of reply to the most serious of allegations being, being made. I was, and I then also delve a little bit deeper and... I questioned the time frame upon which the, the parameters were presented to the person um, empowered with the investigation, that being 2008 to 2016. I mean, it's a, it's a time frame that, that's there. Um, I don't know why it didn't go beyond 2016. Well, just stop talking around corners on this. What do you mean? Well, Kenneth came back at about that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. And, and Justin Reeves, the CEO, um, you know, started around oh, right. about okay. that I'm time. Okay, I'm joining the dots now. So what you're saying is... You think that the time frame of the investigation was uh, tabled pre-Kennett and pre-Reeves as we think we know what's happened since we've been here, Yeah, but we don't know what happened. I'm just tabling that as part of my overall- Jeff was there from periods of 2008 to 16, though. Yeah, he was. And that, but remember he came back the second yeah. time. After he said you'd, you'd never um, see him again, then he changed yep. the constitution to come back for this second time and then, and then extended the second stay again. You're not being overly cynical on this, are you? No, I'm not. I'm just- Relaying these are, these are facts, the, the time frames. Yeah. So, well, well, why would you why would you investigate the club? But started in two thousand and eight and finished it in two thousand and sixteen. What you you've been perfect since two thousand and sixteen. So you think it's it's been a selective period of time that mm. suits. Oh well, again, that, this is one aspect of yep. my. But again, I'll tell you what I would say, Hutchie, and again, I'll let all every other club speak for itself. But I, I'm yet to see one of the club that's happy with Hawthorne right now. 
over over a lot yeah, of aspects there's, attached there's to this. a lot of private views around the other clubs that they've created a whole bunch of problems for people but, who now work in other clubs other clubs correct by the lack of control they had on the investigation yeah yeah and there'll be equally people listening to saying well why would you need control of this independent process but it's it it felt a little ham fisted the whole process and i think on it for everybody's outcome right? like, it's hard to imagine anyone those accusing those being accused coming out of this feeling happy about the way it's gone. Right? I, agree, I agree with that. Yep. And, and, and again, without uh, speaking to the specific people involved in it, I've, yep. I've got a, a line of an awareness around it, put it that way, as you do where, and, and where, as others where do. Where land? I just have no idea. The, the, the only, my only takeout right now is, and again, I'm obviously forecasting certainly weeks and I'd imagine probably even months when it's all said yep. and done. I would imagine there's going to be um, – well, this is my take on it. This is my opinion, okay? So this, I've got no line of sight. And, and then they're so far away from an outcome anyway. So I am speculating here. But I can't see how Hawthorne Football Club um, isn't hit with a sanction. I, I, look, there's going to be – well, we know there's already been a lot of people refuting the charges. And, and that, yep. that needs to play out legally. And we've, we've said that from day one. But in terms of the establishment of, of a workplace that, that people were uncomfortable in – I can't imagine how the club itself is not ultimately well, the, the, the the body that gets the sanction. Now, well, again, well, I know there's a lot to play out here, and they are one of the easier parties to blame in this. Like, it's you know, actually not offending anyone individually if you lay a heap of like it is a it is a way to a, a um, negotiated outcome. An outcome, yeah, yeah which is why I hate saying, but it's it's true. Well, it will. I mean, everything's, yep. everything's a negotiated outcome in in the world of sport, and and the AFL's you know um, the AFL does that, just, and, and that's not a criticism. It's just the way it unfolds. And Hutchie, just with it though, if they do get a draft, a couple of national draft picks taken from them, and well, it, it would be an imposter. Tell me your view on as president of the Australian Football Media Association on the Alistair Clarkson exchange. Yep. Last week, can I just before we we move off that? Um, so the Hawthorne Footy Club, and again, as I said before, there's good intent in this, but they're now seeking to employ a diversity and inclusion general manager. And again, I absolutely believe there's good intent in that. But the quotes attributed to, to the um, seeking of this person in this position, this is about setting up the club to be a leader on diversity, inclusion, and First Nations issues in the future. A leader. I would just be probably putting a person in that position and getting a lot of support and resource around that position before you dare use the word leader in in that space as a club. Yeah, right I, I, I get. And again, what, there's good intent. I, I get that. I get what you're saying, but they have clearly made had some major missteps. To, to what degree we're yet to find out, and they need to get ahead of that and show that they're doing something and try and be progressive. And they've also probably got a, a PR about on their hands too. So I don't. I understand what they're yeah. trying to do. I understand I, it too. But, but the yeah. use of the word leader is the yeah. is the, is I think the reason they had, I think yeah. they really. I think they had the right intent to look into things. I think they. Uh, it was far too loose in the way it was briefed in and instructed. They got back a version of a report that alarmed them or didn't suit them or somewhere in between. They lost complete control of the narrative because. It didn't have the um, the right body of. Uh, well, it didn't have the right parameters right on it reference to begin points. with. Yes, correct. Yep. And now you've got a bunch of aggrieved people on both sides of the fence, and mm. everyone trying to work through a solution that um, we can move on from. Yep. Um, and, and Justin Reeves and, and, and Greg Swan obviously came together. Greg yeah, Swan you, being the, the chief executive that. of yeah. uh, the Brisbane Lions, uh, the club at which Chris Fagan now works yep. on Grand Fonda last year, had a um, had a conversation which 
I've been told, Hutchie, by quite a few people, nearly amounted to the, uh, an all-in, basically something oh, similar to what you well, were talking about as a commentator it, back it, in 2001. It was firing. Um, but it was, yeah, like it's just there's an emotive issue, right? And Greg was defending his coach, Absolutely. Chris, at the time. and um, yep. But that definitely happened because I was in the room at the time. The uh, Clarkson, talk to me about this. You're the yeah. president of the AFMA. You've got a reporter who yep. uh, he, quote, unquote, was said, your time will come, which is similar language to Taron. Uh, we've seen the subsequent apology for, and, um, and I guess, uh, management of the situation by North Melbourne. Yep. Um, what's your view on the situation? I'll give you my view. I won't give you the AFMA's view, Hutchie. And, and, and that, that's not for me to do that. I mean, the, we've discussed this before, and, and, and I'll give you my view as I do on this show. I want yours as well, seeing you, you flag it. But he is so close to the edge on this one, Alistair. And, and I, 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 I've made phone calls after it. Yep. Um, Again, without trying to investigate it like you, you would, you know, if you had to absolutely say something um, in the public space, you're asking me here on this program, there's, I've, I've read enough, I've had enough conversations to know it's, it's right on the edge. What's your understanding of the meeting to, and the apology of the mediation at nine? What's yours? No, I asked you. I'll, I will answer it, but what, maybe you go first. On oh, no, I've asked you a question. Give me your answer and I'll give you some commentary around it. All right. Well, I do read and I, and I do acknowledge. Just call that, it straight. Uh, no, no, no. Let me. No, yeah. we got Hachi, we could be sued here too every time we open our mouth, as you know. I do acknowledge Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moth's accepting the apology. Yep. I, I do acknowledge that. I do acknowledge Hugh Nayland, the, the boss of Nine News there, uh, making some commentary publicly 24 hours after that. I also have reason to believe that another rant was – well, rant might be too strong, but another observation of Alistair's was made about um, the profession in general. Yep. Um, pick me up if I'm wrong, Ehati, because this is what I'm hearing. And that, that in some ways, the apology almost got lost in whatever it was he was next yeah. ranting about. Um, is that a fair reflection? Yeah, I think, I think that's what everyone would have you believe. Yeah, so there was a – there was a uh, uh, it came – an apology came with a further dressing down about the industry standards of journalism and how – how it's going, and so, so he's going, gone in to apologise personally to the yep. the reporter who, who needed and deserved an apology. Yep. But it and was, he's decided to to impart with that. It was it wasn't a I'm, my bad. I'm really sorry. I take full responsibility. You're right. I'm wrong, and I'm here to say sorry and leave. Was it? That not not the way I no, heard it. Yeah, no, no, it was a. It, it no. came with a, um, a a strong view about you know journalism in general and the standards yep. and. And and people ask, well, I mean, look, some people have the view on this, and, and you know this. I mean, I'm assuming your your radio station, Archie's taken talkback on this, and, and and a lot of it, I would imagine, Archie, because I know what the public is like, they'd be saying journalists need to be harder and to toughen up. All I'll say about that is, if the person in question, like any aspect and issue in life, has an issue with the contents of uh, words directed his or her way, they are absolutely entitled. And, and within their rights to take whatever action is necessary and whatever whatever um, movements beyond that moment. And and Elizabeth's case, she wanted an apology and, and got one and well done. Yep. That's that's not being weak as a journalist. No, and I, I think I hear it was at times a fiery meeting. So, yeah, look, on where, where to start? I mean, where, where does Alistair? Where does, where does he think he can I, say that? I actually. Um, like you, I, I really like Alistair. Like I think the game's better for his involvement. I think he's a fantastic person. He's, he does a lot of good for people away from the public eye. He's got a big heart. It, the core of him is fantastic. 
he was entirely out of line on this one. Mm. He's playing with no chips on the table in this area, mm. and he was entirely lucky that that apology or, was ver- or version of it was accepted. Yeah. And I think he's going to crash or crash through and going to either flourish and build a team or go out in flames. But I don't think he's capable of that old school behavior that he sometimes mm. reverts to when he's under pressure. Uh, I don't think he's, he's entirely capable of amending it. I mean, how has this happened before he's even had one game as coach of North Melbourne, given what, well, everything he's yeah. done in the past I mean, as a Hawthorne coach, just, given what's happened in the most recent off-season, yep. and, and here we are a couple of weeks away from his return to the game. I don't think he, Mark Robinson called him a bully. I don't think he's a bully, but he's a hothead. He's just got a streak in him that he can't control mm. from time to time. And that might have washed it 15 years ago when everyone had one. But it doesn't wash into. But you know, he doesn't listen. Doesn't listen to anyone, Hutch. You know, I don't. I don't care what he thinks he's got by way of his own resource around him with Todd Viney, and and, and I hope Todd doesn't take offence at that. But how does he find himself in this situation with, with with the new structure at North Melbourne? Yeah, I mean, he's not. It's not going to be easy to clip his wings in the current structure because he's got the keys. We've talked about this a long way. Yeah. So I just he made a mistake. We've all made mistakes. Mm. Um, this was this wasn't this wasn't one of his best moments. But I, I, unless he can find a way to change, this is going to keep happening. Hmm. There's a fair, there's a fair form line in there, exposed form. And he was only, he was only three months ago when he wasn't allowed back at the club. So you would think in those circumstances, yeah. you've got your head down yeah. and you're trying to do. And again, oh, and ninety nine percent of the top, ninety nine percent of him is just brilliant. And yeah, so good for the game. When when people, um, when coaches and footy clubs and people at football clubs are subjected to the media being there, I can't imagine it being comfortable. And you and I have been as part of that pack, you and I've been doing stakeouts at private yep. board. So we've, we've you and, and certainly me, we have put cameras into those situations at volatile moments. So and it couldn't be nice. I would hate to be on the receiving end of that publicly. So again, you table that, but I think with your Alistair Clarkson and you've been doing it for as long as he has, it's not that hard to bite your tongue as you emerge from that or through that situation. Is yep. that fair enough? Yeah. Well, and like he's, there's been a moment of hot-headedness, let's call it, but there's also been a subsequent risk taken in the in the conciliation meeting, hasn't there? Well, that's the other. He's aspect. had time to think about that yeah. one, and he's decided to go again. He's decided to not go again, but to have a pretty strong view about things. Yep. Um, just to, to wrap a bow on that, the other thing that I was surprised at, Taron Thomas is back there too early. I don't like that either. Like it's yeah. There's a lot of people in that footy club uncomfortable. Like a lot of staff and a lot of they were. Are you saying they still are? What well, I, oh, I know they were. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's um, it's too soon, and I don't think it's strong enough in the club. Okay. to be fair, do you? Well, I've got to, and again, we talk about these issues when the specifics come up, and and again, I, I I've read as much as I can about this Taron Thomas situation, and I'm not, I'm not. What I, what I often say in these situations, I, I do have a strong belief that the courts of the land should be the bodies that ultimately determine. So what was the, the what was fate. the rush to bring him back? To, he's unavailable for selection until the uh, the respectful behaviour program has yep. been completed. Well, what what was the rush on this? Well, again, we're now getting into into a lot of I think grubby areas and some of the. Claims, I don't think it's grubby. It's just a fair. Like, no, no, no. But some of the what claims he's been and, accused and, of is yet to be resolved. No, but th- th- there's one charge remaining, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's one one charge. Um, it, it's a serious charge. It's a serious charge. He, he's going to defend the charge. Which is the, the other prerogative. to, to, to yeah. use the media phrase. There's there's noise, and I'd say there's valid noise around other aspects of behaviour. But when it comes to the courts of the land, and again, Hutchie, it's it, I don't know whether you and I are talking about it, it's helping the situation. But I 
I'm, I'm with you, but I'm but also a not- big believer that the courts and the official laws yep. are, are ultimately the, okay. the, the determinant on, on, on most things. It's not keeping me up at night, by the way. It's not yeah. a big... No, it's, I, it's a bit cool. I, mean, I, I was surprised he came back this week. I, I interpreted it as um, footy trumping club on right decision. I, I thought it was a footy-led decision to, to bring him back. Well, that, that's a big call in itself because that well, means... Well, that's where the power that, that, sits. That the would have to go through the board, wouldn't it? I, I know, would but, think. Well, where do, but where's the power? It, it strikes at the heart of where well, the any, any club where else their clerks is involved any, would, any, would be the power. If it was any other club, you wouldn't be... Uh, you think you'd be buying in this little whole of club decision, but it just felt to me mm. like a footy led decision. Yep. Hey, has you you um you taught me into doing a segment. In fact, we had his own little little um life demos dish a couple of years ago. Yes, you did. I've been asked to bring it back just for one episode here today within yep. this episode. Yep. Um, and and we don't I don't I don't even think we had a stinger for it so and ever before. Right. Did we, Jane? Yep. No, Jane's shaking her head. I don't think we did, but um, I know it's going to work. Now I, I was worried about you going to India, and and I, I did. If this is this. you trying to be funny. Not, oh. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me go early on the outcome. It's not going to work. <laughs> well, I know that. That's you why and humour are not friends. That's why I've got some trepidation going yeah. on this path. Now, other people with the information I've got would be able to turn this into a really good sportsman's yep. night story. As you point out, as I now know, yep. well, no, I, I'm not a good sportsman's night speaker. Yep. I, don't, I refuse to do them. But I've armed with a little bit of information, which I need you to confirm or deny. Yep. Um, you're at a restaurant with your corporates in India. Yes. Enjoying a, a succulent Indian meal. Yes. Yes. Everything was going well. Food was, you'd sourced a, a beautiful restaurant. Um, food was great. No complaints at all. Loving it. Big setup. Big want, to, s- want to be a good payday, this story. <laughs> I'm probably just trying to delay the, <laughs> whatever the punchline may be. Um, many courses, multiple courses. Uh, might have been an Indian degustation. Is that is that stretching it a bit? No, that'd be fair. Yep. So multiple courses coming, multiple plates being cleared, multiple fresh plates with food coming regularly. Is that... Well, what do you want, a drum roll? Or I'm setting up. Was there a period in time when after a dish had been finished and another plate had been placed in front of each yep. person around the table, something on the plate, did you maybe prematurely take possession of that item on the plate and put it into your mouth? Oh, that's a, that's a story? That's your builder? <laughs> oh, no. And, and the item... The item it's fair to say, was not meant to be eaten. No, That's I didn't it. put anything in my mouth. What I did was there was <laughs> there was a rolled up yes. hot towel. I, I've been told it was a compressed hot towel. It was. Yeah. That, that was meant to be just that, to clean your hands and maybe yeah, wipe your... Yeah, that was your... placed in the middle of the small dish <laughs> in, a, in a way to the naked eye, being so small, that it looked like it might have been something to eat. I would have done the same so thing. So I grabbed it with the chopsticks to look at it <laughs> and realised it was a hot towel. Put it back down. No. My version is it was in your mouth no, before you were aware that this, this was not to be not even close. I was running such due diligence on the food. <laughs> but at a normal time, you might have been right. But in India, I was very much uh, shot selection. So well done on the build-up. Um, I reckon humour and you just give it a spell, I reckon, for a while. Hey, um, do you want to do my top five cameraman? Oh, can you? Please. Yep. So I'll move on just to try and get you out of that. So none of these names will mean anything to anyone, but I'm just going to punch this out very quickly. Now, cameraman you've worked with um, at three different... News organisations around town. I worked at seven, nine, and ten. Yep. And I've just had a bit of a stab at uh, my top five. You got, there's going to be some noses out of joint. Yeah, there will be you? for sure. So yep. before you go, you've got yep. you got Mac TV in there somewhere. I've got two apologies. So here I here I go. Apologies, number one, Richie Hall at Channel Seven. Um, very good cameraman. Um, one oh. thing I remember about Richie was his daily calls to his wife Binny. So. Um, <laughs> I was on speakerphone for many of those. So, Richie, very good cameraman. Um, and also, nope. <laughs> I wanted to apologise to 
uh, our own Trent Miller, who's the head of our television business here at Rainbow. Oh, Radio. you haven't put him in? The, well, I didn't really you pay want, him. Yeah, um, let me set this up. <laughs> the apology to Trent goes that because I didn't really meaningfully get to work with him. When, he, when I was at seven, he was still coming through the ranks as a soundo and then a part-time oh, cameraman. Come on. And then left for bigger and grander things very quickly. So I didn't really have the chance to spend any meaningful time with him as my cameraman. He's, was, he graduated from the camera ranks. Very, very quickly. But if you ask me now, he's an outstanding television executive and uh, he deserves um, recognition. My top five. Number five, Dubsy from Channel 10. Very relatable. Uh, picked the camera up on his shoulder in any instance. Also very good organiser of the Channel 10 uh, footy match. Left footer from memory. Bald head. Um, loved the cut and thrust of a daytime. Uh, learned a lot from him as a kid. I got him at number five. And number four, a guy called Smooth Matt Gerrity at Channel 7. To be fair, a better editor than cameraman. I think he'd be the first to concede. A wizard editor, cameraman, yeah, just fair. You're saying he missed some of your uh, doorstops? But, but he was like, uh, you couldn't go on. It was like, you know, when the Australian cricket team used to pick, you know, five batters, an all-rounder, four bowlers, and a good bloke in Jeff Marsh. He'd be in every team. <laughs> One of the great blokes, Smooth. So you wanted him on tour. I took him to Ireland with me for two weeks. He was there with me at the infamous brief Stroganoff incident when we missed out on the James, James Hurst story. <laughs> <laughs> Got him at number four. Number three, Macca. More of a creative. Mac TV. Yep. Macca at Channel 9. He's the nines go-to guy. Um, you know, probably a little bit on the expensive side from a freelance rate <laughs> perspective, to be fair. But no one had that sort of. Uh, yeah, he's the one I, I've had most to do with actually, because I, I came into TV late in my uh, life, as you know, and, and he's the one I worked with, most with. Responsible for yeah. uh, the brilliant stuff Croft did and the runs, and like he's yeah. more of a producer cameraman. He's yeah. got a great creative mind. He's smart, but a bit exy. Uh, They're all exy, aren't they? Uh, they, they? They charge like wounded. Wounded, those guys. wounded. This is a wounded bull fire, with exception exactly. number one. He's a mini bull. Um, <laughs> Number two, Stuart Wilson. Probably fits the wounded oh, ball Stuart, strategy yeah, as well. Yeah. Now, he had a hammerhead too, didn't he? Did he do he was hands? part of that. Uh, I did a documentary with Stu. He basically did it on his own with me <laughs> at Channel 7. A summer documentary, one hour build up of uh, all the news stories. I remember those stories. Yep. And yep. He, he, I learned so much about television from him. I learned about it. But, you know, he had the, his own avid. He was like, um, he was before his time. He'd shoot things creatively. He'd shoot, he'd shoot things on rails and drones and all that good stuff. He was brilliant. Yep. And um, still responsible, I think, for a lot of the creative stuff you see on TV. Yep. Um, he's um, outstanding what he does. And the number one, it's just he's my favourite. Shiny. Damien Shine of Channel 7. <laughs> um, I think the cameraman who had the best news sense I worked with. So yep. he would read the, you know, I talk about pictures being telling the story. His ability to see something. And tell you what you the right to spot and why it meant something and how we had to get that shot and how it was going to fit your story. Um, then did you never work with Esky? Oh, yeah, yeah, Esky. Oh, very good. Another apology. Yeah, very good. I didn't work with him as much, though. Matty Koopmans? Uh, yes, yeah, it belongs in the conversation. I didn't work with Esky very much. Is this um, <laughs> but uh, Dubsy um, at number five, Smooth at four, <laughs> Macker at nine at three. All networks represented here, by the way. Stewie Wilson at two, and Damien Shine at number one. If I was to give Damien any feedback, it would be probably try and go and develop your edit skills at some time, son. <laughs> you can only be the best camera in Australia for so long. Um, maybe, yes, it's been going around you. But he's, his news sense was just spectacular, and he's also great company. So have you got assigned yep. him? So there you go. And of that five, um, Wayne Mac TV is the most expensive operator, is he? I don't know. I don't even know. a bit of fun. <laughs> I think Stewie would probably have him covered, to be fair. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, before we get to the question of the week, Archie. So, I remember... Um, my lowest moment, let me tell you this, lowest moment in TV news, I was pretty, I was largely unpopular with the cameraman as a rule. Oh, that doesn't yeah. shock me one yep. bit. Yeah. So I had a crew of those who were 
supportive, but then I had like a, <laughs> an army of people that I, were against. Conditionally supportive, I would Because thought. I was a bit of a Tom Brown style operator, Damo. I'd be like caught in my own world and making calls. On and the phone. On, and missing blokes and they, they want you there for the most part holding their hands. Yep. So I, um, my lowest moment was at the MCG. I pulled up for a press conference or an interview and I reckon the camo was Callum. I can't remember his last name, but he, um, he, we pulled the car up and he said, that's it. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, we're having a stop work meeting today <laughs> and I'm starting it. I'm calling. This is the moment it starts. You're on your own. I'm not filming anything. I'm not picking the camera out of the car. What, what have you done? No, it was a, it was an industrial dispute between oh. the cameraman and channel seven. Oh. Not you, um, and uh, it went for ages to the point where there was stop. There was picket lines and stop working. That was heap down tools. I had to get myself back. <laughs> Wasn't allowed to ride in the car. And then I remember at some stage um, it ended up as a um, Kerry Stokes getting on the public address at seven personally to speak to the cameraman in front of, all, of the whole office. Very weird, but anyway, that's uh, my that's my cameraman list. That won't like mean it. much to many people, but. No. But I, I valued my time. There with will be some nose there to join. Hachi, just before we get to question of the week, um, officially the Cox Plate staying where it, where it is at least for one more year yeah. after all that rubbish oh, about moving it. I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Sorry, you go. So apparently, according to Andrew Jones, who is the CEO of Racing Victoria, quote, the Cox Plate works brilliantly already. Yep. Yeah, it does. Do you, as, as for a, a very long time. Yeah. Do you reckon there was a deal in the background somewhere that's undisclosed? I'll tell you why I asked this question. This is, a, this is my observation. Not my. I'm not personally involved in any of these deals, so just my observation of the market. You do advise a lot of people in business, though. No, no. This, uh, this is my read. Since the A-League attracted government money to hold the A-League Grand Final in Sydney... I feel it has reset the entire marketplace mm. of venue mm. and government support for it. Right. So, you know, clear, I saw Peter Volandi's comments, for instance, where he said, you know, I hope the grand final's in Sydney, but I hope they got a big checkbook to support it because we're a bit more valuable than other events the government are paying for. So he's obviously gone, well, okay, well, if, yeah. gonna, if soccer are going to get 10 million over three, yeah. Don't just presume we're going to play in the grand final ourselves in Sydney for Knicks. It's funny you mentioned that name there, Peter Volandis. Obviously got the dual role of running NRL and racing in New South Wales. And I would have imagined, Hutchie, he would have been very interested to do something with that Cox Plate time frame on the Sydney calendar had uh, Racing Victoria continued its yep. move to take that race well, away. Well, yeah. So for, we've, seen two inst- we've seen the WA government fund the grand final last year of Nepal. Yep. We've seen the Victorian government fund you know, ostensibly venues for Nepal. Yeah. And we've now seen yeah. soccer get its grand final funded. So I reckon there's anyone who's got a bigger audience than either of those sports, and there's probably... Well, South Australia's done it to a point, haven't they, with the gather round at the AFL? I mean, they, they, they've, there's a better they've example struck than that. a deal to, to yeah. get money out there's of... A better, there's a better example than that. Well, the AFL struck a deal to get money Here, out of nowhere. Here's a better example. Cricket Australia would be going, hang on a minute, why are... Um, if you're in that Monday morning exec meeting, you're going, why are... Uh, Soccer getting funding hmm. for a grand final. With Sydney Test is a bigger event than soccer. Are we getting any money out of the New South Wales government? Should we be testing the market on this? Are there any states that want it? And South Australia have come to the table. Now, they did. they're going to do one of two things. They're going to take the South I Australian check. I think they've pushed back on that already. Well, maybe. I think, yeah. But one of two things are going to happen. They're going to, they're going to take the South Australian check hmm. or they're going to leverage it against the New South Wales check. But what what's, there's a currency emerging in sport of hmm. big event venue with a reasonable expectation of a government check for it 
for anyone uh, A-League and up, and there's a few A-League and up, isn't there? I think that's exactly what's flushed out Cricket Australia in the Adelaide situation. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cox Plate had something wrapped I, up. I hadn't thought of that, Hutchie, but as always, I like the way you think, and as always with you, that you go where the money is. And if you're, um, you know, if you were re- if you were a big enough sport which has attendance or tourism, and you're otherwise just playing your venue where you were because mm. that's where you've always played it, i.e. the NRL in Sydney, you're saying right, no more. Yep, we're going to be paid market rate here, and you've established the market rate because you've written a check to the A League. Don't you think? Mm. I hadn't thought of it that way, Hutchie, yep. and yeah, another another layer to it. Question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to DrinkWise. This week it comes via email. Josh Barnstable just finished watching season two of Show Me the Money on Stan. In it, Fremantle pair Rory Lobb and Griffin Logue speak to their manager, Colin Young, about their desire to leave the Dockers, caused partly by frustration with coach Justin Longmuir. Given Longmuir is also managed by Colin Young, does this create a bit of a conflict of interest? Should there be a separate stable of managers for coaches different to players? Haven't yet seen this uh, iteration of Show Me the Money, Hachi. I do plan to watch it pretty soon before the season starts. It's only, um, I think it's 90 or so minutes in, in length. But um, <laughs> I see the name Colin Young there and I smile every time I see the name and see, see him. I just love him. He's not for everyone. I've had moments with him like everyone else has, but he just runs WA footy, doesn't he, in so many ways. So what do you think? Is he being – do you think that Colin is not – to Josh's question, do you think mm. Colin's not serving Justin's interests if he participates in a documentary or, which is critical of him? Alternatively, is he serving Justin's interests to get those two players out? Um, was Justin given a right of reply, do you feel? Well, well don't, don't forget um, – Luke Jackson's come in and Rory Lobb probably, you know, might've been thinking, well, where do I fit in here? Yep. And, and I can get a better deal. As you know, a longer deal elsewhere, even though yep. he's contracted. And Griffin Logue, uh, I thought he had a good year last year, but prior to that, he hadn't, is it fair to say, set the world on fire? Yeah. I, I gave it 20, 25 minutes last night and was, okay. and I found it very watchable. I fell asleep. Um, not through any, <laughs> not, no, not through any reason of the docker. I'm just, I fall asleep on Sunday nights. Like a drop of a hat. There's the endorsement for uh, show me the money. So I haven't seen. I the, gave it 25 minutes and fell asleep. I haven't haven't seen the rest of it, but I I think there'll be lots in it that people will really like if you're a footy fan. Um, I'm surprised you lasted 25 in, minutes. I, As in, because you're always tired. I was interested in the uh, politics of it, though. Mate. Like, of course you were. Paul Connors has only got three staff, and all of them are equally represented. <laughs> so I found interesting. Uh, Robbie Robbie uh, Ginepri and. Uh, <laughs> Nick, and Nick Geeshan uh, get a lot of hang time and a lot of Coles introduced oh. Andrew McDougal to spread the love Dukes. a little bit. No, Dukes. It's Dukes, yeah. actually. <laughs> so there's a lot of like spread the love among the agents sort of stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot, and there's a few of those sort of cheesy reality manufactured conversations <laughs> in the office. You know, what are we thinking about Brody Grundy? Oh, what I'm thinking is you know, a bit of that stuff. But that has to happen. I, I overall, it's going to be, I think a lot of people enjoy it. I encourage you to have a look at it. I think stand. I told you. Um, so we got to the last day of trade period last year and we do. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah. Your voice and Sam Emmons' voice yeah. are used endlessly as the transition between scenes. So the trade radio audio is getting nicked. You're the first voice in the show. Is my IP on it? Your IP's being used. On the show? You are the very first oh, voice used in the show. So Welcome to the opening of the AFL's trade or whatever it is. Well, I haven't got a cent out of that. You've been. You've. Can you represent me in? Well, it's, in a retrofit. It's actually our IP. If you want to get specific about it, <laughs> it's going to be a check written. I don't think you're, you're 
You'd be getting a small percent well, of the of the percent. <laughs> well, can you go and do something? Actually, I think I, from memory, I gave approval for the voices. I can't remember. Someone oh. But I, attribution didn't seem to be there in the first 25, so I'll be looking for that a bit, unless they're buried really? in the back of the bus. And I suppose that the they, they save on paying a paying a narrator. It, no it, doubt. You're, you, is it, this is GMTV, goes, isn't I'll it? I'll go as, as far as to say... You are the narrator of the show. Oh, and I don't even know about this. <laughs> yeah. well, Maybe you might want to remember and say, show me the money. <laughs> we might, um, if it's not going to take too long, we should get- We'll play a few We, we should week. get amount of minutes of my voice on this show. That's probably going too yeah. far. Yeah, what's your your your, uh, your great mate, the Snorkel, Luke Tunnicliffe, yeah, who's he, he he heads up he's basically said, oh, Damo's just... not very commercial. He won't notice. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> I told you, last day we got there, because we're doing, as we do, Archie, a very, very fine program on uh, the AFL platform, um, which you ultimately effectively established. Yep. Um, but I got there and, and walked through the car park and saw, you know, a lot of commotion near one of the entrances. And I thought, oh, I must be, you know, some, some players about to be wheeled out for the final day of trade. There were 17, 18 managers wiring themselves up and yep. putting makeup on. Yep. Managers. Makeup. Managers. Oh, no. Well, when I say makeup, the little powder pack. They're being powdered. Powder pack. You're yeah. saying managers were yeah. being powdered. Oh, yeah. no. And I just said, you. No. You. I won't say what who, I said. Who were those that were powdered? Well. Name, name. Well, the- I'm assuming the ones I saw could have been in the. Oh, the money. no. You know the ones, yeah. don't you? Yeah, oh, no. Robbie Durazzi. Yeah, oh, no. One of them. Yep. Yep. Anyway, that might be it oh, for dear. us. I think get onto it for me, can you? Yeah, yep. no, I'll look into that. Yeah, right, thanks. That was uh, the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.